Right, so uh, I'm sitting with Sam Khan, who's a consultant vascular surgeon, and we're going to talk about varicose veins. But I think first, Sam, we need to know how normal veins work in the leg. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Mm. Well, I'm, I'm sure you know by now that veins are the receptacles that carry blood from the distal peripheries back towards the heart. Um, and in the legs, they have to work against gravity. And so, of course, they do this by... Um, uh, having valves at strategic points along the veins which close once the blood has uh, passed them going yep. in a northward direction. Yeah, so it's like going up a ladder. Absolutely. If those valves stop working, however, uh, then of course the blood tends to collect in the veins um, and eventually uh, those veins will become large, dilated, tortuous and of course leaky. Yeah, and that's definition of a varicose vein, is a dilated, elongated, tortuous vein. Tortuous vein, that is yeah. visible. Yeah, okay. So what about superficial and deep veins? I've always found that a bit confusing. Okay, well the deep venous system is um, uh, a big vein that runs through the middle of the leg, uh, and um, the superficial veins are most commonly the short saphenous vein, or mm -hmm. as, as we're now supposed to call it, the small saphenous vein, and, the, and of course the great saphenous vein. The, the big saphenous vein. Yes. <laughs> the great saphenous vein um, uh, is, uh, drains into the deep uh, uh, femoral vein, yeah. um, and it, in fact it starts down in the foot, uh, and it starts anterior to the medial malleolus, um, and travels all the way up the leg on the medial side uh, and drains straight into the deep uh, femoral vein. Yep. Uh, and the small saphenous vein, um, similarly, um, but on the other side of the leg, starts posterior to the lateral malleolus uh, and drains into the popliteal vein, mm -hmm. um, just uh, in the popliteal fossa. Okay, and there's some connections in the calf and in the thigh as there well? Are, there are uh, something called perforating veins, which connect the deep and superficial systems so if you look at the diagram of a deep vein and, and the two superficial veins, they'll be connected by almost what looks like rungs of a ladder. Yeah. And at each end of the perforating veins, there will be valves. Yeah, OK. And anyone that wants to see those a bit more, they can uh, go to www.anatomypodcasting.com where there'll be some videos on that. Right, so varicose veins, very common, is that right? They are very common. Um, the main cause of varicose veins are threefold, mm -hmm. and it's important to, to remember these. Uh, firstly, if you have a family history of varicose veins, you are very likely to get varicose veins. Oh dear. So they are familial. <laughs> the second cause is, of course, deep vein thrombosis, and the third cause is trauma. These are primary causes. All the other factors that we know about, like being overweight, like being pregnant, like standing for long periods... These are predisposing factors uh -huh. that will only help you get varicose veins if you have one of the primary causes. Okay, so um, people come along and they say they have varicose veins. How would you as a vascular surgeon diagnose the varicose vein? I'd start by taking a history. Yeah. I'd want to find out the symptoms. I'd want to find out why they think they've got varicose veins. Yeah. What symptoms do they have? Um, so the symptoms have a very wide spectrum. They may simply have noticed them uh, and be worried about the cosmetic appearance. But the actual symptoms tend to be aching in the legs towards the end of the day. If yeah. they're standing for long periods, they tend to get ankle edema at the end of the day. Um, and then, of course, there are more complicated symptoms, uh, which can be quite serious, such as dry skin, varicose eczema, as it's called, um, and lipodermatosclerosis. Right, that's that brown... 
pigmentation uh, along the um, the gate area to the bottom of the of the calf that's, the front. that's actually called hyperpigmentation right um, the lipodermatosclerosis is a kind of yellowy waxy appearance that occurs because when the vein wall becomes leaky yeah um, you get first of all a plasma plasma leaking out into the tissues causing edema closely followed by Plasma proteins, followed by fats, yeah. and then eventually followed by hemosiderin, which causes the hyperpigmentation. Right, oh, so, the, so the pigmentation is the end point. It is. That's why you're a vascular surgeon and I'm only a cardiovascular surgeon. <laughs> okay, so, and, and, then the, and then the big problem, of course, at the end is ulceration. Is that right? We haven't talked about that. That's quite right. If you have uh, what was previously healthy skin, that suddenly has these new... Uh, molecules sitting in it, preventing it from getting oxygen and the kind of nutrition that it really needs, uh, then the skin becomes unwell, it breaks down, and eventually you can get a chronic ulcer. Okay. Now, uh, whilst we're talking about history, we've got a little bit sidetracked. There are some important things to ask in the history as well, aren't there, about previous DBT and etc. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so previous DBT and any fracture of the limb would also be important That's to, right. to know. three primary causes must be asked about. Yeah. So you must ask about family history, you must ask, ask about previous thrombosis um, and whether or not they've had major trauma to their limb. Yeah. And it may well be just major soft tissue trauma uh-huh. uh, but it's significant trauma can cause okay. uh, varicose and, uh, and the thing about uh, DVT is that if you're going to take away the superficial venous system, you need the deep venous system to be patent. Yes. Otherwise the blood's not going to get back from the leg at all. Yes, which, would be, quite right. which would be bad for the leg, I expect. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, you have taken a history and you presume you now want to examine the patient. So what are you looking for? Well, you start, um, I always start by uh, having the patient stand in front of me and just simply um, observe their legs. So obviously you need to expose their legs all the way from the groin right down to the ankles. Uh-huh. Um, you need to look for all the skin changes that we talked about initially. Uh, look for dry skin, look for eczema, look for lipodermatosclerosis, hyperpigmentation, ankle edema capillary flares and thread veins which are associated with varicose veins mm-hmm. and these are just the tiny vessels that also become dilated secondary to venous hypertension um, and then you need to look at the actual varicosities themselves how big they are uh, their number and and their uh, general distribution mm-hmm. you can sometimes tell just by looking at them whether they are of uh, great saphenous or short saphenous mm-hmm. or small saphenous Origin. Yeah. So anything in, in the thigh is probably going to be long saphenous on the medial, more on the medial side. Short saphenous starts at the back of the, in the popliteal fossa yeah. and makes its way, tends to down the lateral side, but you all get a bit mixed up sometimes. They can have both, yes, I suppose. Yes, they yeah. could easily have both. Okay, so you have a look here and, uh, and any investigations that you want to do? Um, in the past, medical students were expected to be able to demonstrate the Trendelenburg test. Yeah. Um, which is not a terribly accurate test yeah. and not a very sensitive test. Waving the legs in the air, emptying the blood and putting a tourniquet at various levels yeah. to see where the the, communi- the abnormal communication between the two systems was. Yeah. Okay, so we don't like that anymore, so what do we do yeah. now? What's more scientific? It's a bit of a tedious test, to be honest, yeah. uh, and takes too long and isn't very accurate. Uh, a better test is to use a handheld Doppler, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what you do is stand the patient up, um, put some jelly in the groin at the site of the saphenofemoral junction uh, and in the popliteal fossa um, and uh, place your probe, turn the machine on, don't forget. Yes. <laughs> place your probe over the, uh, the junction uh, in the groin um, and squeeze the calf or squeeze over the varicose veins 
Um, and as the blood travels up the veins and past that particular valve, you will hear a monophasic sound, a whoosh sound. Right. Okay? If the valve closes, that's all you'll hear. Yes. But if the valve remains open, then the blood will fall back down again, and you will hear a biphasic sound. Yes. So you'll literally hear whoosh. I see. Yeah, well, you, you, can, you can take the probe off my leg now, thank you, <laughs> and uh, wipe the jelly away. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, and that will tell you, that's very, very easy to tell the difference between a patent and a, a non-patent valve. Okay, so now, sorry. Yeah, it, I, it is, but it's not necessarily 100% accurate. Mm, mm. Uh, and the general feeling amongst vascular surgeons now is that all patients should have a scan, a formal duplex scan in the lab. Okay, so a duplex scan is... Um, is, that, is that with Doppler as well? It is. Yeah, yes. So, so a duplex will give you a, an ultrasound of the veins, and the Doppler will tell you which way the blood's moving and whether it moves both ways across the valve, which would be abnormal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, with the gut varicose veins, how are we going to treat them these days? Lots of ways of treating them. Yes. Um, the traditional way of treating them, of course, is to do an open operation, mm -hmm. uh, and the two most common operations were. Uh, what was known as a high toe, and still known as a high tie, stripping of the long saphenous vein. Mm -hmm. That means just pulling it out yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. of the thigh. Yeah. And then carrying out multiple avulsions, which is avulsing out each of the varicosities. Yeah. So you make a cut in the groin, you tie off the saponephemeral junction, mm -hmm. strip out the long saphenous and do the avulsions. Yeah. And you could do the same thing in the popliteal fossa for uh, the short saphenous yes. vein. Um, we used to inject veins uh, with sclerosant in the past, and that gradually sort of uh, was phased out because of uh, quite a high complication rate mm -hmm. of staining and burning of the skin. Yeah. Um, that same sclerosant is now mixed with air to uh, create a foam, so you can actually use much larger volumes, um, and quite a few surgeons are now carrying out something called foam sclerotherapy, although it's not yet very common in the NHS. Right. And, of course, the third way is to do endovenous treatment of veins, and that is where by you literally thread uh, a wire or a probe with either a heating or a laser element on the mm -hmm. end of it into the lumen of either the long or the short venous vein mm -hmm. and literally fry it from the inside. That sounds quite painful. Um, it's, not, it's not actually painful. The key to the operation is to, putting a is, is to put a large amount of fluid into the leg uh, the fluid can contain local anaesthetic if the patient is awake, mm -hmm. and what that does is it protects the, the tissues surrounding the vein, prevents uh, burning or damage to the surrounding tissues mm -hmm. and nerves, um, and also um, uh, dissipates a lot of the pain. Okay, well, thanks. And so that's treatment for varicose veins, and it depends really what the indications are, how much your the NHS is willing to pay for, really. So at the moment it's just if you have ulcerative or pre-ulceration disease but not for cosmesis? Um, that's true, although patients who have varicose veins are eventually going to get ulceration if we don't treat them. Yeah. So my personal view is that they should all be treated. Yes, uh, but, from the PCTs listening. But yeah, <laughs> each PCT has their own uh, yeah. guidelines. Okay, um, let's say the patient arrives with a venous ulcer. Could you just tell us what a venous ulcer looks like? A venous ulcer is quite characteristic in terms of its position. It will usually be in what's called the gator area, 
which is um, around either the medial or less commonly the lateral malleolus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it, it's usually um, an ulcer that is trying to heal yeah. uh, because it, it does have sufficient arterial supply. Mm -hmm. uh, so it'll be a shallow, possibly quite a large ulcer with granulation tissue around the edges. Yeah. Um, it may well be quite healthy um, and uh, it'll be also, it'll have a nice pink base mm. unless it's infected, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and they can be very extensive. Yes, yes. And they're, they're quite difficult to shift, aren't they? They are difficult to shift um, as long as uh, the, the way to treat them, uh, of course, is to get rid of the venous incompetence. Uh, but in the first instance um, is to do what's called compression bandaging. So that uh, when you bandage uh, the area around the ulcer and the lower leg, the pressure externally created um, is uh, equal to or slightly more than the pressure that's being exerted inside the mm -hmm, vein. Mm -hmm. Uh, and once the ulcer is healed, you can then go on to treat the incompetence. Yeah, and people talk about four-layer compression bandaging. I've always been a bit confused about that. What is that? You can do three or four-layer bandaging, um, and each, uh, it's a particular type of bandage, each layer creates a certain column of pressure uh, from the ankle upwards. Uh, and as you keep adding layers, you get more pressure. Okay, so what, what kind of pressures are we talking about? Um... We're talking between 18 to 24 millimetres of mercury of pressure. Right, okay. Well, thanks for that, Sam. Um, could you summarise the important messages to take away from this podcast? So I think the, the key in the history taking is to remember the three primary causes, which are, of course, uh, familial inheritance, um, deep vein thrombosis, uh, and uh, soft tissue or major trauma, such as a long bone fracture. Um, and uh, all the others are predisposing factors. Secondary, secondly, to uh, try and correlate the uh, venous pathophysiology with the signs and symptoms. For instance, when the vein wall becomes leaky, it leaks fluid, and hence you get ankle edema, etc. Um, and also to be able to examine a patient, be able to recognise those signs and symptoms, and to be able to demonstrate the level of incompetence competently. Um, and uh, uh, the best way of doing that in, in a clinic, clinical scenario is, is to use a handheld doppler, as I described. Um, and finally, to be able to describe the different kinds of treatments that are available. Okay, well, thank you for that.